Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. I want to add my welcome to all of you this evening. So appreciative of the fellowship of all the saints of God that come into our conferences and help us to fulfill the vision that God has given us to evangelize the world. Genesis chapter 50. If you have your Bibles, I want to minister for a few minutes. We're thanking God for good weather. Can you say amen? All week is going to be like this, and uh, we can uh, we can stand that. Those that are from tropical climes, well, uh, this is wonderful weather for us. If you wear your overcoat, why, uh, this is great, and uh, we appreciate that. I want to read just uh, uh, three verses of Scripture here. And the scene is Joseph is on his deathbed. As he's on his deathbed, he gathers his brethren, his family around him, and he makes a statement that I want to use to minister from tonight. He says these words, God will surely visit you. Now, what he's saying is that there's going to be a manifested working of God, a supernatural work of God working in your behalf. He says, God will surely visit you. Tonight, as we're in this opening service of this Bible conference, uh, without this, we just simply are gathering together, having a religious Assembly, talking about religious subjects, singing religious songs, uh, unless God visits us. Can you say amen? We must have this. We must have a visitation of God upon this conference and upon this service as we open our hearts. Let me read to you these verses, Genesis chapter 50, verse 24. Joseph said to his brethren, I'm dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. I want to talk to you this evening about a visitation of God. We need to, first of all, get a proper perspective of life. Walk in your mind that your present circumstances are temporary. I know that many of you, as you're sitting there, uh, many of you are struggling. Many of you are 
facing the dilemmas of fruitfulness, facing the dilemmas of ministry, family, perhaps finances, and spiritual circumstances. But I want to say this, lock in your mind, uh, your present circumstances are temporary. Now, when Joseph spoke this, uh, God has gloriously blessed him. He's the man. Can they say amen? God has exalted him. He's the second in command in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Egypt. He has brought the people of God into prosperity. They are protected by his presence and his ministry. They are in comfort. Uh, and the circumstances they are at the moment uh, are temporary. They're not permanent. Years, many years ago, 60 years ago probably, a, an Assembly of God preacher, radio preacher, C.M. Ward, I don't know how many of you are old enough to have ever heard him preach, uh, a master preacher. And he used to preach, and I heard him say several times, uh, Make this statement, whatever circumstances that you're in, remember in the Bible, it's written over and over again, it came to pass. And he said, I want you to know it will pass. And your present circumstances are temporary. The Bible says that from this moment, as the time passed, there rose another king. You see, as these people were in Egypt, Egypt was not their destiny. And the Bible records for us, uh, as Joseph spoke, uh, and he said, God shall surely visit you. Uh, the circumstances changed uh, in that. Uh, they were not receiving their destiny. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, God had a purpose for them. Uh, and uh, the circumstances changed, slavery and oppression uh, and the circumstance of life uh, shook them loose and dislodged them from the position that they had uh, and brought them to an understanding and a fulfillment because God had a purpose for these people. As you're sitting here this evening, I want you to know that God has a purpose uh, for your life. This transcends every other circumstance of life, every other factor, uh, and it says in the scripture that God's going to bring you out of this place or bring you out of the circumstances. And this changes the whole dimension and perspective of life when you understand that you're not in the place that you're going to continue to be either uh, locally, either pastoring or the circumstances that you're in, it will pass. So as we look at this story for a moment, there is a profound lesson for us uh, because when we see this perspective, uh, we begin to understand uh, that how we relate uh, to the temporal uh, and the material uh, is going to change uh, and how we relate to time uh, is going to change. We have in life two factors. One is the temporal. One is the eternal. And if you are a genuine believer, you need to understand uh, that this present circumstance that you're in uh, is not uh, a permanent place. Uh, God uh, 
has a destiny for you. Actually, this involves the stewardship of life. Think with me for a moment about this statement. God will surely visit you and he's going to bring you out of this place. In the book of 1 Peter 1.17, we find out that our true status in this world is a status of sojourners. 1 Peter 1.17, if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. So what we have is an understanding that you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, uh, we are to understand that we are sojourners. Uh, we're living in this world uh, as foreigners. Can you say amen? Our citizenship is not this present life. Uh, our citizenship is in heaven, uh, and we are not settled down to our permanent state uh, as a matter of fact, these people, most of them, lived in tents as it was spoken to them, uh, and they were what the Bible calls pilgrims. Uh, they're pastors sitting here tonight. You have a little group of people. You have a handful of people. You have a little bit of success. You get invited to preach sometimes out other than your church, uh, and you're living... Uh, as if this is your permanent state, you're going to live in this place and be in this place for eternity. I have news for you. It will come to pass. You blink twice and you'll be as old as I am. <laughs> Pilgrims and sojourners is the language of heaven. And First Peter 2 verse 11 says, Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrim, uh, pilgrims uh, abstain from fleshly lusts uh, which war against the soul. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13 says, These uh, all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, uh, were assured of them uh, and embraced them uh, and confessed that they were strangers uh, and pilgrims uh, on the earth. Catch with me a perspective, if you will. Put yourself uh, spiritually in the place uh, where these are, as Joseph is leaving this world, he looks at them and he understands uh, that these people are not where God wants them to be. That's why he says, he says, I'm dying. My bones are going to be left. That's all that's going to be left of me. And God's going to visit you. He's going to bring you into your destiny. I know that. And when he does that, you take my bones with you because that's my land of promise also. Now let's think for a moment about this text because as we begin to come to grips with this, this is our only hope. We quite frequently lose our focus and have a wrong focus. We begin to fall into the place where we are uh, manipulative. We feel that our success uh, is going to depend on our manipulation. We have to scheme. We have to figure this out for ourselves. We're going to have to maneuver and uh, scheme and manipulate. Years ago, we had a man in our congregation, and uh, a very interesting 
thing about this man. Uh, we were a very young congregation, and people were marrying, and we're having weddings nonstop. Three different times, uh, this man, uh, the night before one of the girls of our congregation was going to be uh, married, uh, he would contact them and he would say to them, God spoke to me, uh, and he said to me, uh, you're not to marry this guy, you're to marry me. Now that's called manipulation. Of course, none of these were unattractive girls. These were always always very pretty little girls. Uh, and uh, can you imagine now that this man, uh, he feels that he's going to have to manipulate. He's going to... Uh, did God speak to him? I don't think so. But he thought so. Many people are like that in life. They feel they have to grab hold of the circumstances that... Uh, they have to have the right methodology. They right to have, uh, like to have the scheming and manipulate and scheme to get ahead. Uh, as a matter of fact, much of the Christian world today has fallen into that, uh, that methodology. Uh, they uh, structure their churches on a business model. They uh, put forth themselves as chief executive officers uh, and the church world is being, being, uh, uh, being encouraged to do that. But I want you to look at this text for a moment uh, because uh, there is a plain declaration here. Joseph says, uh, and he sees these people have a destiny, and he knew that destiny was not uh, Egypt. And he said very plainly, God will visit you. Can I say to you this evening that you have a destiny with God? Are you listening to me? You have a destiny with God. Someone gave me an article yesterday, and uh, it was in the Sunday paper, I believe, and uh, it was there, and uh, there is a denial in that. Uh, people are, are, uh, uh, are voicing their uh, apathy. They're voicing their unbelief of eternity, and it says very plainly, one man says, I do not believe that God has a destiny for me. Well, I want to tell you, he does whether you believe it or not. He has a destiny. If you reject that, you might wind up in a destiny that you don't really want, which is called hellfire. So let's think for a moment. Joseph looks at these brothers and he says, God will visit you. Now this word Visit is the New Testament is the word episcope, the Greek word. What it literally means, it means that there will be a inspection, a manifestation of God's working. He's going to bring an inspection to see what's needed to fulfill where he wants you to be. And he's going to measure your response, how you're going to react to that. Jesus said very plainly, you knew not the time of your visitation. He looks over the city of uh, Jerusalem. He weeps over that. He sees the glorious blessings uh, that God has for that city. Uh, and he says, uh, God gave you a visitation. He manifested his presence to you in my ministry uh, he measured your response, uh, and uh, you did not receive it uh, because he came into his own, uh, and his own uh, 
received him not. In the book of Exodus, chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob, and God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. Now think about this for a moment, because here we have a people who have a destiny. That destiny has been uh, by covenant uh, with the descendants of Abraham. They are not in that place where God wants them to be at the moment. Uh, He visits them, uh, and as he visits them, uh, he brings them out, uh, delivers them uh, from the land of Egypt uh, to bring them into the place uh, where they needed to be. Think about the day now when Joshua led the people of God across the river Jordan. And the Bible records, uh, as he steps across the river Jordan, uh, he sees a man, and this man has a drawn sword by his side. uh, And as the revelation comes, uh, Bible scholars say this is an epiphany, uh, very possibly a pre-incarnational manifestation of Jesus Christ himself. uh, But... Uh, Whether it was or not, we find out uh, that this is the captain uh, of the Lord's host, uh, and he's there to bring these people into their destiny. They have a visitation of God uh, that's going to bring that destiny to pass. I want to say to you that unless you have a heart hunger for this, uh, you're not very likely to experience this uh, or to see this. The issue that is involved is whether you have a heart hunger for God to visit you. Many of you came to this Bible conference, I'm sure. You just came along for the ride. You don't really know what's happening. Others of your young people, some of you came looking for a wife. There's no girls available in Prescott. Amen. Others of you came, but I want to tell you that tonight in this opening service, unless you are hungry for a visitation from God, you're very likely to go back exactly the way you came, not having the glory of God's destiny fulfilled in your life. Psalms 106, listen to these words and allow the Holy Spirit, to touch you. Psalms 106, verse 4, Remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have towards your people. Oh, visit me with your salvation. I wonder tonight, as you're sitting here, is is there anything in your heart that is beginning to open to the moving of God's Holy Spirit to bring you in to your destiny? See, here we get a great revelation tonight of our Lord Jesus Christ, because the Bible says uh, he came into his own, John's Gospel, chapter 1, but his own received him not. Here's a visitation. This is Jesus Christ, our Lord. As he came into this world, he came to bring a visitation of God, and he came to the people whose destiny was to receive uh, the wonderful destiny of God uh, and uh, They received him not. I wonder tonight uh, if you could just get a feel of that psalmist. Psalms 106, verse 4. Listen again. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have toward your people. Oh, visit me 
with your salvation. Unless you have that hunger, you probably are just going to be in services and go exactly the way that you came. Jesus died on Calvary's tree. He was raised from the dead. Two disciples are on the road to Emmaus. As they're on the road to Emmaus, they are musing over and pondering their sad and they're discussing the things that they had expected God to fulfill in Jesus Christ. They don't understand the issues that are there. And as they're talking about that, Jesus appears. Oh, thank God. Can you say God is looking for hungry hearts? God is looking for someone who will say, Lord, visit me. This is the greatest need that we have in this conference tonight. Listen to Psalms 42, verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Think about that for a moment. Here is the psalmist. He's been hunting. And as he's been hunting, I've actually seen deer on the opening day of deer season, their tongue hanging out of their mouth because they're being hunted, they're being driven. And I've actually seen that. And the Psalms, psalmist picks that up and says, as the deer panted for the water brook, so pants my soul after you, O God. Oh, tonight, could we open our hearts in hunger to God to visit us, not just simply have some religious services, but actually a visitation of God, a breaking in upon our hearts and upon our lives. Can you say amen? God to have right of way in this service. Granted, Lord. Psalm 63, 1 and 2. Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirst for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and a thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary uh, to see your power uh, and your glory. A visitation of God. Here's Naomi. Naomi in the book of Ruth. She's up in a land that is not her destiny. She has gone there. Two sons and a husband uh, have died. She is brokenhearted. She is sad. But the Bible says these interesting words. She got news that God had visited her land of Bethlehem and he brought a harvest. And the scripture says very plainly, she heard and when she heard that God had visited, she made her way back to the land of her inheritance. I want to tell you tonight uh, that God does not usually visit his people uh, and force himself upon us uh, because remember the symbol of the Holy Spirit uh, is the dove. That tells us that there is uh, this dimension of God. God is looking for those uh, who will open their heart, not grieve his Holy Spirit uh, but open themselves to the gentle caresses of the Holy Spirit that will break in and bring a dynamic of a visitation from God. Now, there's a promise that we need to claim tonight. 
And we need to realize that this is a key. And what we need to understand is that we will only have as much of God as we claim. In the book of Numbers, chapter 14, verse 28, say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you've spoken in my, in my hearing, so I will be to you. How much of God tonight are you hungry for? And how much of God do you want this week? In this opening service tonight, would to God that the temple would be set, that you would not leave this tent tonight until you have said to God, God, I want all that you will give me. And I surrender to that as I'm in this tent in conference tonight. You see, there's a spiritual rule in God. And that spiritual rule is at that point. You will only have as much of God as you will open your heart to claim. There's a spiritual rule, and that spiritual rule is voiced by this scripture that says, you will seek me and you will find me when you will search for me with all of your heart. Oh, to God, could we open our hearts tonight and say to God, God, I surrender all that I am. I surrender all that I have. I surrender all that I will be. I surrender to you, Lord, and I want you to visit me in this conference week, and I want you to begin tonight. In the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 16, Go and gather the elders of Israel together, and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you, and I have seen what is done to you in Egypt. This is the key. I was a good friend of an evangelist years ago, and this evangelist said to me, he said, Pastor Mitchell, you'd be surprised at the attitude of many places that I go to speak. He said, I was just at a church preaching, and the pastor said to me, Brother, don't give us too much revival. We can't take too much revival. It's obvious they had another agenda. Can you say amen? Would to God that he would break in upon us. Can you say amen? Would to God that he would visit every single person that is in this tent tonight uh, and that would open to God, uh, lay aside their priorities, lay aside their plans, uh, and bring us into our destiny tonight in this building. You see, our destiny is the land of our inheritance. That means all that God has planned for us and purposed for us. And there's a figurative land to possess, which we have as believers. And that promised land must be entered into as we claim our purpose and our destiny with God and surrender to him for him to visit us. When Joshua crossed that river, when he crossed that river, he crossed the boundary. And as he crossed that river, here now is the man with his sword drawn, says to him, 
I'm the captain of the Lord's host. He's there to bring him into and to deliver up the land in a spiritual dimension. That man did not appear till he crossed the river. As you're sitting in this building tonight, we desperately need God, but not until we rise from our lethargy and say to God, God, I'm going to be what you want me to be. I'm going to do what you call me to do. That man does not appear. That's the manifested presence of God to bring us as he visits us tonight. God spoke to Joshua and said to him, Every place that the sole of your foot shall touch, I have given you for an inheritance. Tonight you will not have that visitation unless you rise and say, God, I want all that you have for me. You will not possess those promises uh, until you move uh, to claim those from God. uh, And God says to you, I will be exactly what you say that I will be uh, as you claim it uh, by faith. I was thinking about the circumstances that is, is there. And I was pondering Joel chapter 2. In Joel chapter 2, he promises, I will pour out of my spirit. Now, this is the promise of God. Ponder, if you will, if you're a Bible student, on the day of Pentecost when Peter stood up to preach. And as he stood up to preach, they're speaking in tongues. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're saturated with God. These are God-filled disciples. Uh, And as Peter stood up to preach, he said, This is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. uh, And he quotes these verses in Joel about the outpouring uh, of the Holy Spirit, uh, that God's people are to be a God-filled people. God's people are to be a people saturated uh, with God. uh, And that meant salvation. That meant healing. That meant deliverance on a large scale. Thank God for one by one. Can you say amen? We praise God for that. But we're talking tonight about what God can do. Listen to Amos 9.13. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the reaper of grapes him who sows seed. The mountains will drip with sweet wine, and all the hills uh, will flow with it. Uh, Here's the promise of God. uh, And when... Peter stood to preach on that wonderful day of Pentecost. The Bible records 3,000 people responded to his altar call. That's what God can do. Can you say amen? It says just a little bit later, 5,000 people responded to that. And this is that, and we're still in that dimension today. That day has not ended. That day has not ended. That day is still going on now and will go on until Jesus returns and takes away his church from planet earth. We are still in that dimension for those who will rise and claim it. Thank God for that. Can you say amen? We're still in that dimension today. We still are in that dimension today. The key is the heart hunger. Zechariah 10 Verse 1, ask the Lord for rain. In the time of latter rain, the Lord will make flashing cloud. He'll give them showers of rain. 
grass in the field for everyone. And the Bible records uh, it is time for you to work, uh, O Lord. Psalm 65, listen to this, verse 9. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain. For so you prepared it. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. You crown the year with your goodness. And your paths drip with abundance. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness. And the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered with grain. They shout for joy. They also sing this is the prophecy in poetry talking about the Spirit of God working among His people, giving a visitation of God. I was talking with Pete Walter, who left, who led this choir, and he says, Pastor, when I was a new convert, I decided I want to have a visitation from God. And he says, I went into my room and I knelt down and I said, Oh God, come into my room right now. I want to draw close to you and I'm praying. And he says, suddenly there was a presence entered that room of God. He says, my hair went up on the back of my neck. The glory, a glorious, joyous presence came begin to move. I am terrorized at the glory of the presence of God until finally I said, stop, stop. God will manifest himself to a hungry heart. When I talked about this abundance, I read scriptures of abundance. I picked up a magazine today. And this magazine is talking about China. One, what point? five or somewhere there, billion people. This man is one of these articles that I preached for and interpreted for me in a crusade many, many years ago working with the Chinese and uh, shows some photographs of this man praying in China today, declaring the wonder of God moving in China today and one of these figures says in China today, 30,000 people a day are coming to Christ and praying a sinner's prayer. Are you still with me? 30,000 people a day. 110 million Bible-believing Christians, many of them Pentecostal. God is moving 30,000 people a day. Does God love Chinese more than he loves Americans? Does God love Chinese more than he loves Australians? Does God love Chinese more than he loves Englishmen? Africans? No. What's the difference? The difference is they are hungry for God. They are hungry for God. In my Christmas sermon. I used a tremendous illustration one of our evangelists gave me. It was an email from uh, 
the Bodniki family who have just gone into China. And in this email, it tells about a Christmas service. Uh, and in that Christmas service, uh, Pastor Bodniki read uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. These people never have ever heard of the birth of Jesus Christ. And he read that, and it was interpreted. And when he got through reading the Christmas story, they broke out in applause in that place. Six weeks into the building. And they have a hunger for God just here. This is what the Bible says. As soon as they hear it, they'll believe. So as we're sitting in this building tonight, and we're talking about a visitation of God. The Bible says that God will pour out His Spirit to those who are hungry. To have a visit, to have a visitation, means that God sees the need. And as He sees the need, He responds to that. And the question to be asked tonight, will you cry out to God? Oh God, as we've read these psalms uh, and the imagery is there, oh God, as the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you. Oh Lord, visit me. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed. As we pause for a moment tonight. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.